Somali will put on the the, the sky blue t-shirt with a star and, and be, and be proud, proud of themselves of, proud of themselves and Kenyans despite all that we have we still lament about how it was not done we always critique <laughs> the, the government we always we are not patriotic we don't have that patriotism that we're supposed to have another day another episode and before we get into the details of it uh, let's talk about the issue of nyumbakumism did you know that the aspect of security begins with me and you is quite real and this is in terms of uh, the threat of insecurity and terror that we face in this part of the world it's been proven to work especially in Ethiopia and some parts of Somalia where the local residents actually know who they are and they can be able to tell whether they are visitors. Wabala, do you think uh, this aspect of being vigilant as uh, a Kenyan, do we need to talk about our patriotism? We don't need to talk about it. We need to to, we, we need to act. It, it perplexes me that uh, as as Kenyans, every time a, a Kenyan bumps into a foreigner, mm-hmm. we always complaining and lambasting our our government. We always saying how uh, our system is bad, how you know things are not right. You know we, we expose ourselves so much. Mm-hmm. But look, including Somali for God's sake, mm-hmm. Somali of all the countries doesn't have even um, I mean a, a government you can call a government uh, mm-hmm. as in an organized administration they are very proud a Somali will put on the the, the sky blue t-shirt with a star and, and, be, and be, be proud, proud of themselves of, proud of themselves and Kenyans despite all that we have we still lament about how it was not done we always critique <laughs> the, the government we always we are not patriotic we don't have that patriotism that we're supposed to have one the other thing is Numbakumi, like you're talking about, you go to Uganda. I happen to interact with a, a number of them, relatives on the other side, and all that. Mm-hmm. In Uganda, if you went to a village in Uganda as a visitor, mm-hmm. they will want to know where you are coming from, who are you, why you are there, mm-hmm. how long you are going to be there, and who you are visiting, assuming it's somebody you are visiting, mm-hmm. where you are staying. Yes, so that. Then the LC, the local uh, local leadership there, mm-hmm. the equivalent in, in, of in my neighborhood where we speak yes. French, they they call them Amakuru. Yes. Now, we'll have information that Wabala is at Leila's place. Mm-hmm. He has come from Kenya. He's going to be there for a week, and they are relatives. This is the relation they have mm. between them. So everybody knows that this person is here. In the event that there is something amiss, you know, like, like there is a, there is a, a, a robbery, there is a, 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 some crime happening, mm. it is an unwritten law that uh, the women don't get out. It is the men who get out. Now, every person who gets out of the house leaves the house without a shirt. And they, they position themselves along the road, the footpath, or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So anybody they see walking with a shirt on, fully mm-hmm. clothed, yes. that is the enemy. He does not know the, the operations of that. That is the person they apprehend. Now, unfortunately for us, we don't even know our next door neighbor. The kids could be knowing each other. But, but we the, as parents... The, the adults don't interact yeah, they don't, with They don't other. say hi to each other. They don't talk to each other. They don't know each other. Now, in the event of a security problem, how do you know who has done what, where? We don't have that. And I think that's a very interesting bit to talk about in terms of the state of the national security in the country. Welcome to this episode's uh, uh, conversation with myself, Leila Mohammed, senior security reporter at NTV, with my usual person, Dominic Wabala. Uh, I call him an... an enigma in this sector of conversation. Mary Wambo is missing in action again. Uh, she is in 
another part of this Horn of Africa region, talking about a critical uh, conversation that we will be delving into. And this is the threat of terror that we are facing as a country, as a region, and on the global scale. But before we delve into the serious matters of the day, let's go back to the usual suspects, Dominic. Uh, Fred Matiangi, again, fortunately or not, is hitting the headlines. He's saying, guys, be, 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 be at peace. I have not run away. I'm just in the UK for personal matters. And within some time, I will be back to continue my life as a private citizen. Well, I, I, I actually don't understand why we are making him we're such, making a such, such a big issue about uh, about uh, Matia, uh, former CS. He's a former CS. Mm -hmm. uh, assuming that he has a diplomatic passport. Which, he does, which definitely. Which, no, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm saying assuming. Mm -hmm. Because I want to put uh, to put uh, uh, to give perspective. A about caveat, that. but looking at his tenure in 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 the Interior Cabinet uh, docket, don't you think he should have by that time be carrying the purple? Was it maroon it's maroon, it's maroon, maroon passport. passport? Yeah, he sh he sh he's supposed to have a, 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 a diplomatic passport. Uh, documentation or the communication that we are seeing going around shows that he has one. Uh, zero, uh, it is called what D zero zero sixty seven or something like mm -hmm. that. Now, a diplomatic passport is a very is a very unique document and very prestigious. And if very you have prestigious. One, you... But at the same time, it is. I would not want to have one. Why? While you think it gives you advantage, mm. it is actually a disadvantage. Because the moment you take a flight, mm -hmm. a diplomatic passport, and you take a flight, and you are going to a particular country, yes. you are a marked person. Uh -huh. the, the intelligence and security of the other country, because you have a diplomatic passport, mm -hmm. must ensure that you are safe. It is their obligation to make sure that you are safe. So, the moment you step a foot into that country, you have somebody monitoring you. Whatever you do, there is somebody who knows what you're doing. And they are also looking at you. You might be an espion you, you're coming to do espionage. <laughs> so you're actually being monitored. So it is not possible for somebody holding a diplomatic passport mm -hmm. to sneak into and out of any country. The only thing I, 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 I tend to wonder about is because uh, the only thing I've come close to spies is Alexander Shevchenko, the guy who died, who died in, in, the, in the United Kingdom yeah. for being a Russian spy. Do we have such things in Kenya? Because I know within the region, <laughs> yeah. the neighborhood, uh, spyism is a big deal. Every, uh, country, yeah. every country has those operatives. You cannot hide about them. Uh, in fact, Kenya is flooded by them. From, from outside, yeah, they are, but they we are, have ours they are specifically, there. There are specifically two countries, neighboring countries, yes, that are heavily active. That we cannot name. We cannot name. Do we but name names? Heavily, no, be we can't name names. <laughs> we'll be, we'll well, be that, in trouble. That that actually actively, and we have had it. It's come. It comes in news. Or there are nationals who have sought mm -hmm. refugee, yes. disappearing and all that. It's 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 are a they common. Are selling jugu on the road? Yes, they are selling exactly. They are serious. The number of hawkers from, uh, from the region, and I'm wondering the how they are and, making and money in Kenya. They are making a lot of money in Kenya. I mean, we 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 look at those jobs. We as Kenyans look at those jobs as manual and below beneath us and all that. Mm. And these guys are making their selling so they are selling socks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they are doing, they are they, they are selling groundnuts. Yes, they they are doing uh, they they are doing uh, uh, saloons and barber shops and all the likes of it. And they are there. So it's it's we have, and I believe Kenya also. I mean, I, mean, I, I don't think we are just sitting ducks. We we have if 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 we didn't have, mm. then we definitely must have learned from our neighbors. The best in the region. The best in the region. I know, we, we, I know we have a serious military intelligence unit. Uh, the traditional civilian uh, intelligence service is also quite active. And while many Kenyans didn't know, is that the NIS doesn't just uh, do intelligence in terms of um, the threat of terror alone. Even the normal security threats we face for the normal criminal uh, enterprises. Uh, majority of the police in the DCI work closely with NIS agents to hunt out either persons who are considered a threat to national security uh, or uh, 
those ones who are now going to undertake a serious criminal entity uh, within the borders of Kenya. And I've always wondered why we've never invested in, in, in them in terms of the rugged north. Why can't we have uh, dissidents among... I, be, I, be, I believe we have, uh, I believe we have, uh, we have quite a number of people posted in the rugged north. Mm. Uh, unfortunately, we Kenyans get to know uh, a few thwarted or a few incidents that happen mm. and we blame the system for those that have happened. But we don't ask ourselves how, ma how many others have been intercepted? Mm. How many others have been stopped? We, we, we have quite a robust uh, system, I believe. Uh, I think like, like, we, I, like I was saying last time, we have no obligation but to invest in security of the country. Which is fine. But I'm thinking now it has to come down to you and I, Wabala and Leila, civilians. Are we ready as a country to start thinking about being part and parcel of securing this country? It can only can we be uh, uh, loyal enough to the state and say, hey, A, B, C, D is happening in my neighborhood. This is what I'm going to tell the local chief and feel like proud of myself of enabled the state to thwart something it will only happen if we enhance patriotism patriotism is supposed to start in school as we speak now uh very few of our ch of, of 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 the children of, of, of our children cannot can even sing the national anthem the country's national anthem mm -hmm. very few of them can go the whole the whole uh, five stanzas mm. we, we 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 have lost it somewhere the other thing too is that those some of those that have been entrusted with the provision of government services and all that have have abused those positions to the extent that they have alienated the public the common monainchi mm -hmm. from the services such that i might have information but i might have information but if i gave that information mm -hmm. then it implicates me i am very sure that there are people who know or so what happened during the shooting of that uh, the NHIF lady at uh, and, on, and, on, and, on, and speaking on, to DCI and, and, I mean he was saying that information will be critical to crack the case yes it will be critical to crack the case but there's normally there's fear of the common monainji that if I gave that information I might be taken as a suspect when I was just using that information mm. so some of those things have to be ironed out to make a Kenyan fully patriotic to be able to give information as it is supposed to be given. I mean, in the rugged north, it is rugged. It is not like Nairobi where everybody walks in and out and does their thing mm -hmm. and nobody cares about them. Yeah. In the rugged north, if a stranger were to, ha were to appear somewhere, they can see you they coming see from a mile. From a mile yeah? So what makes it difficult for somebody to give information about that is because that trust, that trust is what the administration is supposed to build on. You are supposed to make these people your friends. You are supposed to make, for instance, the, the, the border security guys mm. are supposed to make the locals so friendly to them. They are supposed to be so that friendly to the locals that if there's anything, they are the first call of this. They are the first uh, people to be called. Mm -hmm. That, hey, uh, Leila, while I was doing this, I saw somebody but he didn't have camels, so I'm, and I don't understand how mm -hmm. he is supposedly he has a grazer. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, it's not a grazer, and it, under normal circumstances, you just don't find somebody walking around there in that kind of. So th th those are the challenges that we have. But Kenyans love them, love this country, and I know they do. It's just that an effort is not being put in because if you looked at the initial response uh, uh, the KDF had when they went to Somalia, in Operation mm -hmm. Linda Inchi. Yes. And we were glued to every operation, especially the, the updates by Colonel Oguna. Everybody was glued, and they were they were with this with the government. They were with KDF. In and he was very doing. articulate, the Colonel, and yes. he gave us he broke it down so easily for Kenyans to understand. Exactly. But then now, where is the problem? Where is the disconnect? Because as much as Kenya is showing its military might out there, within the 
the local population isn't feeling appreciated or seen or there are some human rights issues that have come up especially in the northern part of this country where the fear of identity who am i am i kenyan do i feel kenyan do i feel represented by the government as a full-fledged kenyan and also there are some concerns that there are citizens who feel lesser than others uh, there is something that uh, the government tried to do and they called it equalization fund mm. at some point of time services were only a preserve of some, of regions. some regions and others were excluded mm. then uh, in their in their brightness in the promulgation of the new constitution we came up with this equalization fund that was supposed to make other regions equal mm -hmm. to the uh, to to the rest of of of, of, of the country mm -hmm. unfortunately it has been politicized to the extent that even well endowed regions that have enjoyed services since independence mm -hmm. still want to claim a portion of that equalization fund a piece I mean, of the pie yeah a piece of the pie it is not for everybody it is for those that were left have been not felt but obviously left behind mm -hmm. where services are i mean in 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 the in 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 uh, in uh, North Rift, the services are not as equal as they are in uh, in Central Nyeri, in Muranga, or mm. Kiambu, for example, or in 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 other regions. So, these people need to feel part of the country. Mm. Where it is only until we tell uh, until we reach a, a, a situation where somebody from uh, from uh, Garbatula will not tell you now salimia watu wa Kenya. Eh, ukienda down ukienda, Kenya. Eh, usalimia watu wa Kenya because he doesn't feel part of Kenya. Because the services, the services, administrative services, that are supposed to be an entitlement to every Kenyan, do not easily get to him. He will go maybe, maybe 200, 300 kilometers to go and, mm -hmm. and, 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 and find a deal. You know? It, it is only until we, we, we do that, that the Kenyans will start feeling and then induct our children the young ones in school into knowing that this is our country because mm -hmm. we don't have any other country if if kenya burnt down all of us are going to burn down i know whether you're in nairobi or you have all of us will, will, will and that's burn. when you really appreciate um what you can call home because uh when you go elsewhere now you have to adopt to dictates of another country and speaking about the, the 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 troubles that we face currently as a country and the threat of terror and some of these vulnerabilities that we speak about poverty discrimination the feeling of being marginalized uh the the fear of belonging to something are some of the vulnerabilities that uh, violent extremist groups are now using to attract a young cadre of fighters who are going for training across the border or even as far as Libya and, and, and coming back to do some serious damage in the country. I know since um, 2019 there has been a lull, but I kind of feel like when it's quiet is when we should be really worried about uh, who is planning, what they're planning, and, and, and what they could be planning for. Exactly. Uh, the, the misfortune is that that lull is actually a planning stage of something disastrous that is coming out. Mm. Well, I hope and believe that our intelligence system is still as robust as robust as it has always been mm -hmm. in 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 thwarting attempting in thwarting all these uh, mm -hmm. activities. But the fear like you're saying is that we are we are a sitting we are sitting ducks because of that disparity and, 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 and feeling of alienation and, and marginalization, mm. we have a very fertile ground for radical for radical extremists to recruit. Now it is only until that is addressed. It happened uh, in Majengo where when, when initially here in Nairobi in Nairobi mm. when initially those young men felt excluded and they were the easiest recruitment ground for extremists and quite a number of them came from from uh, from Majengo mm -hmm. including uh, in, including including the famous Ayn, spokesperson the, the, Ahmed Ayman mm. he's from Majengo he was a leader of Riyadh mosque at some point of time and that is how 
and several of them were picked up from there. Now we have since we have since noticed the trend that recruitment has not been it's not specifically to certain to certain region area, or certain, yeah. certain certain community. Now they are going. We have heard them from Busia. We've heard from Nyanza. From we central. have heard from Central. So they have extended their recruiting ba recruitment base to camouflage the stereotyping that mm -hmm. these extremists will come from this particular place. We've, 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 they, they, have, they have tried to beat us at that. Mm -hmm. I'm just hoping that we, we, the intelligence system and the security system is not, has not taken this lull as a sign of, of 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 succumbing by the terrorists because the, these guys don't give up mm. they, they, they are, their mission and their goal is still there and they know it's, a one-on-one -on -one attack with um a security agencies would be difficult for them yes and now they are going after these security agencies using ieds and they're they're, they're monitoring our moves yes. and knowing which are the routes that we are using and uh, the more we use soft skin vehicles in those parts of those country the pictures coming out of those id attacks are gruesome some of them we can't even share on our uh, legacy media channels but looking at them it's it's sad to see how our officers are endangered in terms of um can we do better as a country you know I, I, Leila, i've always wanted to ask i will want to be an extremist in my thoughts mm -hmm. for the for the safety of our security officers and they do quite a lot but I am just wondering, what happened to the hundreds of APCs, the armored personnel carriers, supposedly, that were brought in f to secure our, our, our security forces? Mm -hmm. Why don't we see them? Because M Mary was telling us here that they were moving in, in soft skin land cruisers. I mean, mm. when, when you have APCs, why then do we have them? Or was it a hoax? And if it was a hoax, why don't we put those people into account into uh, to accountability? Mm -hmm. Because these are our brothers and sisters who sure. are out there serving this country in the sake of in the name of protecting us. But we don't even take that the courtesy, the honesty of giving him something to secure himself. I mean, the US or Russia or all those countries when they are going into such volatile situations have vehicles that secure their personnel mm. and everybody sees that it is in the interest of and that is why to to, to be of service in those countries is an honor when you when you when you are when, queuing when, we, when, when you, you are queuing them, they is, say thank you thank for you your for, service yes thank you for your service do we even say that to our police officer do we say it to our military guys we we, we especially the police force has been at the receiving end of Matusi's, and it's exactly. it's quite unfortunate that the officer in Mombasa died the way he did. They were exactly even with the allegations of whatever allegations misgivings that they had. Whatever allegations you should have, they against, should they die? Should they die in such a situation? Now, then, are you expecting them to serve you with all the dedication and when that is what you do? If you, as a citizen, can can drag a police officer to death and run him over. What what service are you expecting from them? Now, I, Leila, I want to I want Kenyans to <laughs> to to listen and look at it this way. Mm. That for an hour in this country, and an hour is more is is is, is long. Even thirty thirty minutes. That the police say we are not working. We are on on strike mm. for an hour. Try and envision and imagine what would happen in that one hour chaos if they were not there it would be pandemonium exactly so if you put that in your head if you just imagine that it should be reason enough for you to appreciate what the police what the security services do for us mm -hmm. accepted that we have rotten apples apples in the within the like we have rotten apples in the society mm -hmm. we have them in the family we have them all over we should appreciate that but we don't then we don't we don't uh, blanketly condemn a whole family because one of them is a thief mm. we don't do that so why should we condemn the whole of the police service because one or two of them are rogue we don't need to do that mm. let's appreciate because there are so many good police officers let's appreciate 
the, the good that these good police officers do and then condemn the bad that the rogue ones do. Let's appreciate them because only then do you appreciate. Leila, you go to a police station. You don't go to a police station to say, hi, how are you? I just came to say hi. No. no. There is no day you come. You condition a police officer to only listen to you when, when you a have a problem. problem. That is all he hears from when he wakes up and reports on duty to when he reports off duty. Mm -hmm. So his head is flooded by all your problems and which he needs to solve and all, all of them challenging. And he's dealing with human beings who have brains like him. Mm -hmm. Yeah? So even the work that he does, it needs compassion from you as a citizen. When he stands in traffic, when it's raining or it's it, it, it's it's shining, the whole day, and you are in, in the comfort of your car, in and, your you're matatu, honking your and you're honking your horn that is holding traffic. I mean, for God's sake. It, it when you are sleeping, or you are having fun, if you are uh, uh, you drink, or if you chew your mirror, or whatever it is, but he is on patrol. You are under your blanket, it, mm, for God's sake. It actually brings me back to this whole conversation around as Kenyans, do we appreciate the aspect of participating in our own security? One, we should be able to secure ourselves before we expect the National Police Service and the military to come in and secure us. Are we loyal enough to understand the concept of Nyumba Kumi? Or did we just think it's just a word, two words put together? I think... I think uh the aspect of Nyumbakumi was a very good thing that came in. Uh, the problem is that then it, bec it, 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 it became, became politicized. It became politicized and it was a tough war between the police and the, 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 the establishment of the, the establishment of, of Nyumbakumi. Mm -hmm. Because Nyumbakumi was supposed to be from the bottom. Mm -hmm. I mean, you in your estate, in your court, mm. was supposed to start from there. But we lost it. Oh, I, th I think it's also just manners, our, our, our lack of, man of, of manners, where you have employed a, a, a watchman, but all you do is to honk at him to open the gate for you and not even say hi to him when you are going through. Sure. Yet they are very critical people in, in our community. In that, he will know if somebody was coming to ask Hey, by the way, you know, they would know that he will, he will, if you are good to him, or if you are just human, not good, not necessarily mm -hmm. good, but you're just human. Yes. He'll say, by the way, uh, Dominic, while you are away, uh, there is somebody who came with this car, and they were, how many of them in the car, and they were asking about you. At and least, I don't know them. And I don't know them. They are not from this. At least it is an awareness. Yeah, it is the same way you go to a bar, for instance. Mm -hmm. If you are friendly to those people, nobody will put mchele in your in your drink. But because you think you have the money and you can afford to buy, and you can you talk treat, to people the way you want. Yes, you treat all those waiters and waitresses with contempt. Mm -hmm. When something happens, he, they, he has, they have no obligation to tell you it is going to happen to you. Do you think it is our attitude as Kenyans uh, that we have so much distrust in the system that even when our children are taken and they go across the border to be trained for the bad things that they do, we are scared or we just don't care in terms of going and reporting to the police and saying, hey, my child is gone and I'm afraid they've gone across the border. Yes, and that is where I was telling you they are the rogue and good working police officers. If there was, a, if if we had a good system, and I went and reported, hey, my child has disappeared. He had these mannerisms. He has been recruited and gone to. Then I don't become a victim. I become a source of information that would mm. help solve this problem out. Yes. That when they come back and I go and say, hey, my son has come back and I know he was in Somalia or mm -hmm. he was in Libya, I'm not a victim. I, I've just come to help. I, I'm, I'm coming to help secure my country. If only we had that. The misfortune is that there's that distrust. And the distrust has been created 
by lazy police officers or lazy, lazy security uh, personnel mm-hmm. who want to supposedly close a case and, and take move the on easy to way the next one. and move on to the next one and take and you know they take the easy way out and say yeah the family they are take them charge them then you will never get information because if it ha- happens to one person happens to the next one nobody wants to be, to be part of it this week i had an opportunity to speak to a gentleman who works at the tony blair institute for change this is a gentleman who was born in kenya he's of asian origin in 1969 stayed in kenya until 1972 and the family uh, relocated to the united kingdom that's where he's been he's even an, a holder of a british passport but he says issues of discrimination in the british society the things he saw his parents go through as a young man were some of the main reasons that attracted him to a jihadi sort of type movement. And it became so bad that uh, in the early 1990s, he joined fighters in Afghanistan mountains uh, in, the, in the initial stages of the Al-Qaeda movement. But he didn't have uh, an awakening moment until uh, 9-11 and, and, and the London bombings. And then he realized, wait, what did I just do? What did I get myself into? This is not what I signed up for. There are so many young Kenyans right now who could have gone across the border, initially not having full understanding of what they're going to do there. And then they realize, hey, this is what I know. This is not what I signed up for. Can they look up to such individuals who've gone through the systems before and say, maybe if if I listen to this person, then it will be testimony enough for me to not be lured into such criminal enterprises? I think that would uh, help a lot. But not as much. But not as much. No, but it would help. The reason why... Uh, let's say al-shabaab yes take pride in the videos of uh, let's say what they have done mm. an attack on on kenyan security forces or, or, or Dusit or whatever the reason they have have a wing a media wing mm-hmm. is for recruitment purposes so that they they show the potential recru- recruitees mm-hmm. hey it is possible we can do this we have the force we have you know we have all that I think it is important that even as our security tries to counter them, mm-hmm. they have this kind of people, the returnees, who then should be able to narrate or, or say their experiences because like you're saying what they have been promised is not what they get mm. i have bumped into them in the course of my work in somalia and the likes of it in, even in kenya and including the girls they what what they have been no they have always been called jihadi brides or something like mm-hmm. that they are lied to they are given rosy pictures and uh, then they they become concubines they become sex slaves for the fighters there mm-hmm. and and they are not what they, they 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 don't find what they were promised to uh, yet they cannot come back because they are enslaved and i think the perfect example should be shamim begum yes who left the united kingdom a, a child a of child, pakistani yes. immigrants uh, brought up in the finest of british um, lifestyle at 15 years of age uh, got into the wrong uh, aspects of, of of society fortunately or not and uh, now she has lost her british her citizenship, citizenship yeah. she cannot go back into the united kingdom to even be with her parents her parents are under watch 24 7 by the british government uh, she's now stuck in limbo in a in a site in syria under the most extreme of scenarios Scenarios. having lost three of her children children, she speaks about being a wife and almost a sex slave to this jihadist she was living with as a husband and and that is what we were talking about 
you have mentioned that her parents are under constant watch. Yes. Why are they under constant watch? Because maybe they the government, victims. yes, assumes they, they are, are in contact are, with their child. No, no. I, I mean, if they had, if they had control over their child, they would not. Their child would not have gone to Syria. Mm-hmm. It is unfortunately under those circumstances that the girl disappeared and went and became a bride mm-hmm. and a sex slave for ISIL. Now she has lost her citizenship. She's stuck in Syria under those conditions. Mm-hmm. But the parents who are victims because they have lost their child, mm-hmm. they have since established that their child is alive, went through all this trauma, is trying to come back and they are being told, Nada, you're not coming back. But the parents who have done nothing wrong are now under watch. Now, those are the similar circumstances that many Kenyan many parents, Kenyan's parents are, facing. are facing that they didn't have control over the circumstances under which their kids went across the border. Across the border. But they are under constant watch. They are suspects. Now, instead of using that to your benefit, you make it more and the recruiters will use that same example. You see, mm. you're being victimized. Tell me why that person will not feel victimized. I've had a, an, an, is it a privilege or an opportunity to speak to some of these returning young people and you look into their eyes and there's a sense of fear in them how their lives will be, whether or not they will be free Kenyans. And sometimes it's 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 difficult even after going through rehabilitation by the government the community just by the fact that there's this word returnee there's a whole lot of cloud of that's shrouded in 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 in, in anxiety for these people because they, their lives are not the same again they can't really be reintegrated back into, into the, the community society. yes they, there is one Unfortunately, I, I, don't, I don't know where he is now, mm. but he was a returnee and uh, persuaded by the appeals and the, and the, and the whatever the government was giving, the moratorium the government was giving, of those who return will be integrated back into society, came back. They are, one, they are wanted by their former employers. Mm. They are wanted because they are what you call what do you call deserters mm-hmm. they are wanted because they are deserters they have uh, betrayed the course so you can't go back and so you, you can't, can't go come back, back into and your and country you, ca- and, uh, you, you come back into your country oh. first of all you are suspect and after that there is nothing that is done for you you are left on your own so you are more at danger of <laughs> your former employers <laughs> than you are and, uh, or where and, you uh, came you from are, where, yeah, because you are now you are back you have no protection you have nothing and somebody is hunting you down somebody with the ability and the capacity to hunt you down is hunting you down and it's unfortunate and i ask this question to as many people that i can when you look at what's happening in cabo delgado in mozambique when you look at what the threat of terror happened in Tanzania last year and what is happening in the hills of uh, Eastern DR Congo with the ADF. Kenyan citizens seem to pop up into, into those uh, squares and they're actively participating in, in, in terror incidences. Unfortunately, uh, Leila, uh, Kenya is a very good country. It is the reason almost refugees from almost all East African countries. East African countries live comfortable in Kenya because we have systems and administrations that have allowed us to thrive mm-hmm. as a country, notwithstanding the 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 issues the that issues are with, that yeah. We have we are a country that is so accommodating. Now it is for that reason that we have so many recruiters coming in. We are popping up in DRC, we are popping up in Uganda, we are popping up in Somali, we are popping in Tanzania, in Tanzania we are popping up everywhere. Mozambique. Mozambique, all of Kenyans are popping up everywhere. Because I think one, Kenya has also not had challenging times that we don't know what challenge 
what challenges are. Mm-hmm. And by we that you what, mean we don't know what bad situations are. And by that Kenya you mean has been a peaceful country. Uganda has gone through several coups. Uganda has gone through several Somalia coups and wars. Is, is going Somalia is going 30 through 30 years of drab, trouble. Unfortunately, Ethiopia now we are seeing it. Mm-hmm. We have seen it in DRC. We have seen it in Rwanda Burundi. Went through Rwanda went genocide. through it. We have been sitting pretty. All these people, all these. So you think we live in a bubble? We live in a bubble. We are actually living in a bubble. And if we don't take care, it is going to burst. And if it does, we'll have nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. During post-election, it was difficult for a Kenyan to cross over to Tanzania. It was equally difficult for a Kenyan to cross over into Uganda. Mm-hmm. Because we have been living in utopia and don't understand what trouble is. So we don't really appreciate. We don't really appreciate what we have. God forbid if something were to happen and Kenya was unstable. I hear Kenyans carelessly throw words, words around tutapigana kiumane and I look at these guys and do you actually know what you're talking about? Because when war when chaos when rebellion happens mm-hmm. it is not planned. Me and you are in nation center now. Mm-hmm. Our families are wherever they are. Yes. When it happens, we will not have time to go and get our families or go and join it, our families. It will be every man for it themselves. It will be everyone for themselves. Your child will remain, will be wherever in school. If they join the rebels as child, child mm-hmm. slaves or sex slaves or whatever it is, that will happen. You will have no control over it. Sure. So when you start talking about that, I cringe because I have seen, I have grown on the border. I have seen what war is on the other side. On the other the side, board. and where people don't have control over. I have seen a chief justice's family come and beg for food from your home, Leila, and mm-hmm. they were the creme de la creme of the society. Of the society, people who have never held a hoe, mm-hmm. begging to be given that hoe to. To, to do work work, manual work farms. on your farm to get food. And somebody, a Kenyan who has enjoyed peace throughout, says, Kiumane, Kiumane. Do they know what that means? It's because of those that carelessness, lack of patriotism, and everything that we are talking about. Mm-hmm. But when it happens, despite what has happened, the Somalis are patriotic. The mm-hmm. Congolese are patriotic. Despite what they are going through, 30 plus years. But Kenyans, who have never seen nothing, want it to happen to their country. It is time Kenyans sat down and thought. Seriously thought about what they are wishing for themselves. Because when it happens, mm-hmm. it does not prepare you. It does not tell you that in, in six months, it will happen. No, it happens in an instant. And I'm thinking maybe it's it's time for the military to just decide. Today we are going to do a, a discussion around our escapades in Somalia and the DRC. And the generals just get to tell us as is what they are seeing, how they are experiencing it, so that Kenyans can truly appreciate. Because we are now having a changeover in Somalia with the Artemis II coming in. Uh, ECRAF is also going on. MONUSCO is also going on in DRC. And we have all these military generals going into an area where when they sit with you, they tell you, Leila, some of the things we see in the theater of war, we cannot even begin to decipher ourselves because we've never seen humanity inhumane to that level. To that level, yeah. I have, I have more than once said it, mm-hmm. and I will repeat. We have missions, peacekeeping missions, all over the world. Kenya, Kenyan military is known to do that. I think it is only when I would really love members of parliament or people in Kenyan society that a bunch of them is taken and be embedded 
Mm-hmm. The experiences <laughs> we as journalists go through. They go to Eastern Congo for they like go a week. Eastern Congo for a week. They go to Somalia here for a week or a couple of days. For them just to experience what you go through. Then maybe then, only then will they appreciate mm-hmm. what they do. And it's unfortunate Bec- because um, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at an article that was written by our sister publication inside Uganda, the Daily Monitor. And they are, they are, the choice of words the, the, the writers chose to use uh, about Kenya are, are leaving me quite sad. Um, and a week after this article was published, um, the good general, Muhozi Kainarugaba, okay. tweeted and said, uh, Kenya is only best known for its, 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 its running prowess in the region. They should let matters of war be undertaken by those of us who understand war. At the, at the risk of, uh, at the risk of, of, of being abusive, mm-hmm. for me, General Mohose is a spoiled brat. Does not need, uh, does not deserve any consideration discussion. Mm-hmm. But I would appreciate if somebody raised it in a, in a, in a, in a, in, a, in, in parliament just to discuss the his outbursts mm-hmm. because they are provocative if if not child this year product provocative because this is supposed a general in a neighboring country's military mm-hmm. uh kenya is working with them in somali they're also working together in eastern they're also DRC. working together in eastern drc uh kagame would only trust his his military with kenya with kdf he would not trust his military with sure he's he's, he's and, not and, comfortable and with the updf with UPD, updf that is for sure now it's it is unfortunate that uh Mhozi at the level of a general would utter not once not twice continuously the way he's targeting Westlands as his, his his residence and all that and I'm I'm thinking some of those things he 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 writes after he's taken a bit uh, inebriated you see yeah he's he, tippled. Think, he, but, he loves but, his but, but but then even 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 that why is it that when he mentioned that he was going to resign action was taken mm-hmm. but when he makes these utterances there's nothing that is done. My concern uh, is around the mission that we are undertaking in the DRC. We should be as a unit for the ECRAF mission. And yes. we've already done a timeline and a time frame of where and how and the how, troops yes. will be distributed. Yes. Yes. But then again, he comes and says, hey, Kenya, you see, uh, what you're going to do in, in DRC is, is, is not how things should be done and you're fighting against our brothers M23. I'm wondering. Yes, M23, M23. He, he's, he's, and, and, and that is what I was saying. He is, he is cozy. It's, it's, an open, it's an open secret that he's cozy with the, with the Kagame. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rwanda is being implicated in supporting M, M, M23. Uh, supporting or being part of M23. But, but you know, he, but, he went to Kigali after a year of Kigali and Kampala not talking. Not talking. And, not a and, year, an more intelligence than that. guy had been taken hostage uh, into custody in, 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 in Kigali. In Kigali yes. And it took General Muhozi to be sent to Kagame to literally beg for mercy and have yes. this guy taken back to Kampala. Yes. That is what I'm saying. He's cozy with Kagame. Cozy. Calls him, calls him his uncle. Yes cozy with Kagame and while he was doing that he was he had done a few, several uh, tweets seated with his his elder brother former, former president Uhuru Kenyatta uh-huh. so he's playing he's trying to play he's trying to play a chess game here but at the expense of Kenya if and when Kenya plays Mm. It's 
duly recognized position in foreign policy. The, the other countries will do what Kenya. It is the reason that uh, a, a former president who sits at the helm of this negotiation mm -hmm. both in Tigray both, both in, and yes, in Tigray and Eastern DRC because of the role because of the position strategic position that Kenya holds not geographic not only geographically mm -hmm. but even diplomatically the strategic position that Kenya holds and I would wish that we would exploit that because then it would it would help position Kenya where it deserves to be but the barbs by Mozi, I would want to dismiss them. But considering that we are doing, Kenya and the regional forces are doing a lot of things, a around lot of missions Goma, together, yeah. mm -hmm. around Goma, around uh, Atmis in Mogadishu and all that, I think it is something that should be, Kenya should step its foot down mm -hmm. and put a stop to these barbs. Do you think in case he were to articulate some of his tweets, Kenya would be in a position to show him what we are made of? <laughs> <laughs> Can he even begin to articulate uh, some he, of those tweets? I, I don't think he, have, he even has the capacity to do that. You know, he's no longer commanding uh, forces. Yeah, I know. He I was, know. He was see, dethroned as the we, we, command of land forces. Leila, we, uh, we have seen in 1991, there was something between Kenya and Uganda. Mm -hmm. Few hours. Mm -hmm. So we know what is, and uh, surprisingly, it was a peace. It wasn't even Kenyan military. But you know them; their kind of warfare is different from us. Yeah, their kind of warfare is different from us. They've they've, but, they've but gone into the jungle more they, than they've, us. They've gone supposedly. They've gone into the jungle uh, more than us. And, and there is that naive thinking that a Ugandan UPDF is more war hardened than KDF. Mm. There's that naive thinking. Mm -hmm. Before Kenya, before Kenya went into Somalia, we knew what position we hold. We held. We knew what position what situation Somali was in. I was there. And and UPDF was there, had been there for five years. With the Between nine, 2007 yeah. and, Between, with the, and with 2011. The, yeah, with the Burundian... And Sierra Leone, I think? Or is it Liberia? Burundi. It was Burundi, Liberia, and uh, Uganda. Yes. Do you know where zone, there's the green zone is? In, in Mogadishu, in Sector you been one, there. yes. You could not walk with your phone in the evening. You could not walk with your phone. A vehicle could not move with headlights on. They're moving with blinkers mm -hmm. for fear of snipers. The day Kenya walked into Somalia, that is the day... Things changed. Things changed. And Al-Shabaab moved to Afugoe, out of Maka, out of Afugoe, mm -hmm. and, and the, the periphery is, of and the, rest is, and the rest is history. Four, or is it three, four choppers, UPDF, were supposed to participate in the Kismayo takeover. Mm -hmm. did, did they get there? So no. let's, let's forget <laughs> about this and talk about something else. <laughs> let's move on to the internal issues. This week, um, there was an opinion poll uh, that majority of the political class was saying, hmm, they're questioning it. However, they were, they were rating the Ruto administration cabinet. And guess who was on top? Drum rolls, please. <laughs> Interior CS. Of course. No, the it's the man from Tarakanithi... Uh, has been said that he is the most hard-working CS since President William Ruto took over. He has been hit hard. Um, it's not been an easy journey for him. 
However, I would not say that I would give him a hundred percent. I would say he's done quite well to minimum of seventy-five percent. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of him. Proud to the reason is that he's thrown into the deep end, and, and he has standing. and he has he has floated. Mm-hmm. That in itself, that alone in itself. Mm-hmm. He deserves kudos because he's really tried. Yes, he's been up and down. I mean, people will say he goes to North Rift and then he is dared by the bandits and the likes of it. The bandits have always been doing that, and it's not a switch-on, switch-off uh, scenario. Mm. It's something that uh, needs uh, needs a lot of a lot of uh, study and understanding before mm. you effect. He needs to get feedback from the ground to be able to make policy to do that and i'm very happy by what uh, uh, the former regional uh, regional uh, commissioner said mm-hmm. natembea the current uh, transoya government governor he understands what the challenge is mm-hmm. he knows where the trouble is and you just he needs tap. to just do his you job just, you, you, yeah he just needs to do his job and I believe uh, he will. But it is not easy. He was speaking before Pala, uh, a senatorial uh, committee on security and he spoke about the issue of politicians and their connection to banditry and uh, sometimes terror in, 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 in the northern part of this country. And he was saying despite the fact that they could be on his side of government or the other, he will show no mercy for anyone funding or enabling insecurity to thrive in this country. Do you think he can achieve it? Is it possible? Others have come, tried and have tested it. No, no what, 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 what you're asking, Leila, is, is the government capable of enforcing what he's saying? Because he's not speaking as a person. As him. Yes. He's speaking as a government. Mm-hmm. It is in the interest of this government that this is brought under control. Mm-hmm. It is in the interest of the same government that they don't appear weak. Mm-hmm. So they have to enforce the directives that have been put. Mm-hmm. It is the reason we have uh, KDF has, have, go, have gone to supplement uh, the, 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 police the police engagement, engagement there. there. It, it, that is why they are there and as much as the the, the, the reaction or the fruits are slow in coming in, 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 in coming but we're seeing something we're seeing some semblance of you know sanity creeping so they, in they, they, creeping in slowly by slowly I, I just hope it is sustained I just hope that this government has the balls to enforce, sorry for the French, to enforce <laughs> what is happening, to, to enforce because it is their responsibility mm-hmm. to to protect lives and property. And somebody, there is somebody here, mm-hmm. whether backed by politicians or whatever, who's daring them. Why do I get the feeling that this will be a seasonal thing, the way we've seen in the past, and when all is quiet for the moment, the officers the military officers will be brought back to their bases and the area will be left again uh, for the bandits to reign terror again. Because right now, I'm sure, they are laying low. Yes. And uh, you remember the last time I told you we have no option but to invest in security Mm. because it's our business. For the sake of this country, it, it, it... goes down to resources. Mm-hmm. Is the government willing and able to pour in resources to maintain security forces in... In, is, fa- in is, 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 Can we toy with the idea of tagging this, those animals? Something must be done to stop it. Mm-hmm. Because it is something that will keep recurring if it over doesn't and stop. Over. It is expensive 
to keep mobilizing mm. and then sending and then withdrawing and then mobilize again and send and then withdraw it's 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 more expensive than maintaining during the campaign season I, i'm not sure whether it was president ruto himself but the political class within that time were of the opinion that it's now high time kenya starts thinking about building a permanent military base in that part of the country not one not two but maybe several and uh, also increasing the amount of police presence in that part of the world and enabling them in terms of facility infrastructure uh, machinery to use to do their job as well as giving them financial incentives to be comfortable in their space and uh, recently there was also an mp who was captured and said uh, recruit training school should be removed from Eldoret and taken, and to, taken Turkana. To, to Turkana. I don't know how effective that can be. No, that, the presence, because, I mean, re- recruit training will have a lot of, uh, quite a number of resources mm-hmm. in, in that place. But I'm thinking it's, it's we're not only going into Somalia, it can stay where it is because Kenya is serving in, like, DRC. Yes, Kenya is serving. Oh, no, I'm, 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 I'm like I'm, I'm surprised that we don't have one there which we should mm-hmm. and that can also help in demarginalizing those areas because a lot of resources when you put a recruit uh, training center a, a college in that place for, for so instance, many young people, so many will, young want people want will want to not want to be there but so many including businesses and and, uh, and and community mm-hmm. and you so want to start businesses and all those kind of things you will open up that place mm-hmm. and might help in even dissuading the uh, the bandits from being bandits mm-hmm. to make them do something else i would really love that to happen i would really wish because this is just my wish i don't know if it will <laughs> ever happen i would really wish that we have uh, we have uh, we have uh, a system where services are provided to dissuade these young men from being bandits mm-hmm. and make them understand that going to school helps more than being a bandit not going to school not necessarily because you're going to be employed but the knowledge that you acquire will help you do something else your outlook on life your outlook changes. on life changes it is not only about uh, the cattle i would i would really wish that more and more resources are poured into that area mm-hmm. to make it uh you know economically viable for is that something we can achieve in five ten years or is it a long-term plan 10 years and above it's not uh something you can you can you can i i i, I believe that we have made the, or the circumstances have made the children out there look at herding cattle to be more prestigious, prestigious than going to school mm-hmm. and we should the, the the environment should be made in such a way that then it is more mm-hmm. prestigious to have gone to school and you are doing something worthwhile in society than just raiding your neighboring the neighboring community and and in the, and equally it is worldwide killing a policeman is supposed to be the worst crime you have committed but are we making those who kill policemen accountable accountable are we really doing that So give, you're saying to give should, the police to give the police morale to go and fight because I'm protected. You're saying it should anger us as Kenyans should, that a police exactly, officer it should anger us can that be hit, can by, a be hit by a very dragged yes, along the road dragged along the road and it should anger us because if it doesn't if it doesn't mm-hmm. we will pay for it. Because that is a habinga to anarchy. Because if one person does it mm-hmm. it started on, I think Thicker Road or something like that, where a matatu conductor 
beat up beats, a police officer. Beats up a police officer and gets away with it. And it there is was getting, a crowd that was cheering. He was more. cheering up. It is. It has gotten to what has happened in Mombasa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if we don't take care, they will not be patrolling. It should be. You touch a police officer because a police officer is the enforcer of the law. Mm-hmm. The law is not the police officers. He's just an enforcement officer. Yes. The law is supposed to be is us. So anybody who breaks the law is supposed to be severely punished. Now, anybody who challenges whoever is enforcing that law mm-hmm. is supposed to be severely punished 1000 times. <laughs> because it's only the fear of the law mm-hmm. that brings a sane society. If there's no fear for that law, mm-hmm. then we have no orderly society. We just have anarchy and that is where we are going. If we are not angered by what happened in Mombasa, mm-hmm then be prepared for what's to come and i think for me to add uh, is just to say we need to have the fear of god put in us and the fear of the constitution and to just be good citizens and go back to really thinking about what it means to secure in the country it begins with you and i have a great listenership thank you for listening in thank you for being there for the state of security i've been your host leila muhammad and Dominic Wabala. Dominic Wabala. Marion Boy will be joining us in the next episode. We will keep talking about the state of security and dropping the usual nuggets that are critical for us as citizens to survive in this great jungle. Thank you for listening. <laughs>